So I'd like to welcome everybody to today's recording. Um, I have a very special guest um, who has joined us, uh, I will say this evening, um, as uh, we record this in the morning. It is not morning where um, Professor is residing. Uh, so as many of our listeners know, we had the opportunity to study uh, with some students from Taiwan recently uh, here on campus at Salus. And um, I've had the opportunity to work with one of their professors. And I've asked her to come back and join me for uh, uh, this session to really get her insights into um, the benefits of working with international students and why international students would choose to come study in the States. So um, let's start off um, like we do most of our recordings and have a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Professor Eating, can you tell us who you are and where you're from and what your role is at the university in Taiwan? Thank you very much for the uh, Professor uh, Bob's invite, uh, invitation and hello everyone. I'm Eating Cho and I'm from Taiwan. And I'm the assistant professor in the Department of Speech and Language Pathology and Audiology in Zhongshan Medical University. And actually our school is uh, located in the middle uh, of Taiwan Island. Ah, that's excellent. Um, why did you choose speech pathology as a career? Um, actually in the very beginning, I'm not choosing the speech pathology like Professor Bob, if you guys know it. Now in Taiwan, our like, um, if you want to be a speech pathologist, you have you can choose from uh, entering a master degree or an undergrade degree. So in uh, for me, I entering an undergrade degree, and at that time, the beginning, I'm not choosing to uh, uh, the department of speech pathology were not my first choice when I did the selection in my uh, uh, university admission. And my first choice of entering the university was like department like uh, medicine or pharmacy or psychology. But fortunate, fortunately that I did not have the chance to go there. So I got the chance to go to the department of speech and language pathology. And I really love the subjects and topic, uh, especially in speech and language. Uh, development and disorder and the other pathology subjects. So, um, and I also, actually I have a, another chance to be in a special educational teacher, but however, I love more about being a speech and language pathologist. And I think SOP have more chance to help people, for example, to let them have a better life or to help the some, some kids like have a development delay and they have can be a better future. So that's why uh, I choose to become a speech uh, pathology and to choose a speech pathology as a career. Yeah, it's, it's funny, my path was very uh, similar to yours. I didn't initially really? choose speech pathology when I got to um, school, I was looking at, at psychology or, or um, potentially medicine um, and sort of fell into speech pathology. And um, much like you, really liked the special education aspects and the, the working with pediatrics until I did it. And then I decided that that was really not the path for me. And that's when I switched to uh, adult care. But I, I 
yeah, it's um, I think it's uh, one of my passions these days is to educate folks about careers in speech pathology and the the diversity that we actually get to work with. I I know um, if it wasn't for speech pathology, I wouldn't have really neat opportunities like this to work with international partners like yeah, those that true. we've made at CSMU. Yeah, true. Um, when did you decide to join uh, academics? When did your career sort of switch from 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 speech pathology to to higher education? Um, actually, before I enter the CSMU uh, as a professor, I have been working as a SOP for like uh, fifteen years. So I was uh, both in the healthcare and school side. So I did a job in the hospital private center and the school district from like, well, kindergarten to senior high. But during this like time, I find that uh, sometimes we deal uh, with different kinds of patients in the uh, clinical baseline, but um, we do something some treatment and we're trying and we've been meeting some arrow and then we come back and trying another like strategies so i was thinking that whether we can find a, a know more about the mechanism of the language processing as so as well as the dis, uh, disorder situation so that we can make a better a better treatment or we can find out a better like evidence base of uh, treatment that we can use in the clinical side. So that's why I want to like, would like to turn to the academics to more like focus on the uh, uh, area of speech pathology research. Then we can find out more uh, better treatment program for the clinic patient. <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you so much. Um, I, again, I followed quite a similar experience. I practiced for many years and really thought that um, investigating the field of speech pathology from a research point of view was more interesting and working with students and, and stepping out of direct patient care and into um, to education was where my career path took me. So thank you so much for, yeah, for sharing true for that. Me, true um, for me, I also like to like teach students, like teach, mm -hmm. uh, teach students, like let them to become a better like SOP mm -hmm. in the future. So I think that is very important and very, you know, uh, kind of like uh, good for us too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we've worked for several years now on bringing students from Taiwan to the U.S. Uh, the pandemic certainly put a little damper on that for the last couple of summers, but we 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 made it happen this summer. And I'm just wondering um, what were um, some of the things that we studied here that were similar to how the students are studying in Taiwan, and maybe what are some of the differences. I think the uh, most similar part is that we all teach all kind of like um, uh, disorder that we will meet uh, do, uh, when we were a speech pathologist. So, uh, for example, the adult, we also having some courses for the specific uh, general, uh, general basic uh, topic of the uh, language and speech things and communi communication things. And we also have the advanced courses related to the adult, uh, different uh, age 
uh, disorder group, for example, the adults or the uh, pediatric. So we, I think that in the in the course arrangement is uh, quite similar. Mm -hmm. And also we have like more uh, practicing courses, like hands-on courses uh, for uh, for the student to work in the clinical side. So I think this kind of a um, part is quite similar to the SALAS here in Taiwan, uh, in CSNU. Mm. And we we do have some difference that what I've thought and what I find is like, I think it's, uh, uh, it's different from it's different from the country. I mean, the in the, the United States and the Taiwan, for example, um, we are now here uh, more focused or handling the language disorder or communication disorder than uh, speech disorder. But last time when we we visit the Salas uh, Speech and Language Institute, we have a lot of chance to see the speech disorder cases. For example, how to deal with the voice disorder uh, group or how to deal with a process of speech patient or did some like exercise with the disaster patient. Mm. I think now we, in Taiwan, we do have, we still dealing with this kind of speech, uh, speech disorder patient, but the percentage is not that high uh, to the language disorder patient. Yeah, so I think this part is kind of different. And we have to, and also the second different part is that we had tried to do the cooperation with another professional uh, here in Taiwan, but I think it's not that mature. So what I heard from the Professor Bob's course, uh, they uh, you did a lot of a professional uh, uh, corroboration. So I think that is what we can learn from the SALAS and from the United States. And the third difference is that we, I was kind of surprised that uh, in the States, uh, most of the speech pathologists are working in the school site, 60% high, um, and only 25% are speech pathology working in the healthcare. Because in Taiwan, we most of our speech pathologists are working in the healthcare, and less of the uh, speech pathology are in the school. And the most uh, speech pathology in the school, they are part-time job. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be a, a trend uh, later in Taiwan, probably 10 years, within 10 years, that we can push more like as as a speech pathologist to get in uh, to the educational site, yeah. Thank you for highlighting all those similarities and differences. I I think that what I was impressed most about the work that we did with Taiwan is that um, your students do get a lot of hands-on experiences at the undergraduate level, which um, our programs typically don't afford our students. Um, and they really wait until they get into the graduate programs to have um, deep, extensive clinical experiences like we do at Salas. So um, I was quite impressed that your students uh, were ready to jump in, uh, even with just a few semesters of speech pathology under their belts. Um, 
Uh, and and things like the field trips where we got to go out to the schools and, and the preschools and allow the students to experience the, the U.S. areas of work, I think has been um, one of the eye-opening experiences for me as well, uh, understanding the differences between healthcare practices versus education practices between our two countries. I'm just wondering if you could um, think about some of the time that you spent here in the U.S. and at Salus. And um, as we wrap up today, what was one thing that you learned um, while you were here that you're going to bring back to your uh, institution? Uh huh. Actually, I follow all the courses when uh, with Professor Bob here and with the students, and actually I learned a lot from the Professor Bob and all the other colleagues. And I really enjoy the projects, uh, projects work that more um, the pro uh, the projects of the uh, uh, the inter internship of here uh, of there. So I think that probably. Um, um, we can bring more like hands-on exercise to the students in the CSM, at S, uh, CSMU. And also I really enjoy the um, arrangement of like, for example, giving them or re, uh, giving them a, a brief review about the some like disorder in the beginning and then just bring them to see the patient. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a very good connection to the students to knowing better about what they see, because now here in the CSMU, sometimes we are like one courses from a semester and only do the uh, internship. So we probably don't have lots of time to do the, uh, uh, the, brief, the debrief. Yeah. yeah, so I think that was very important to a student to understand what they see and, and they can have more uh, thinking um, way to think about their patient in the future. The solace courses, like uh, Professor Bob has given us, is uh, very even in the very basic uh, courses, but still giving lots of vivid example to showing the basic uh, concept. So I really I think those will be a very good teaching uh, strategy that we can bring back to the CSNU. Thank you. I I really do uh, enjoy teaching, and I think that it's my years of practice that really allow me to bring those vivid examples um, to life. And I, I really appreciate you noting that having the students move quickly from the classroom theory lectures right into the practical, hands-on clinical learning, uh, it really is a SALIS um, feature that, that we like to promote because we know our students uh, they understand when they hear us lecture, but then they really deeply understand and can contribute much quicker if they have those opportunities to practice and to apply it to um, those real life clinical cases. Um, I have to say it has been such a joy getting to know you and your students. Um, I can't wait to do this again. Hopefully we're gonna do this again next year. Um, uh, professor Eating is a very brave uh, professor for uh, sort of packing up her life for a couple of weeks and moving from the safety of Taiwan to the US with, um, with uh, the pandemic still going on and, um, I, I really appreciate the 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 care and concern of her that she brought 
uh, for her students, uh, but also the questions and the feedback that she shared with us. I, I, I've really enjoyed working with you and look forward to continuing to work with you. Thank you very much, Bob. We will all miss you. <laughs> well, I'm not going anywhere. We'll, we'll, we will stay fast friends uh, through the years, I promise. Um, and, if, and if our listeners are interested in some of these uh, really neat opportunities we give students, both domestically and abroad, um, please reach out to us and learn more about SALIS, either through our website, which is www.salus, that's S-A-L-U-S dot E-D-U, or you can reach out directly to me to my email, which is R-S-E-R-I-A-N-N-I at salus dot E-D-U. I, I want to thank you again, Professor Eating, and the students of CSMU for their, um, their really attentive and really enthusiastic time here on campus. I wish you all health and well. And until next time, uh, it's a pleasure. <laughs>